As Nathan said, we welcome you back to the service this afternoon. We're glad that you've chosen to come and uh, worship with us. If you're here visiting with us, we're especially glad that you're here. We hope that you know that you're our honored guest. And we'd encourage you to come back and be with us at any time that you're able. If you are here visiting with us, we'd ask that following the service, if you haven't had a chance already, we have some cards at the back that are visitors' cards. We'd ask you to fill one out. Uh, give it to one of the elders, give it to, to Nathan or to Monty, uh, so that we have a record of your attendance here, and we hope that you'll be able to come back and be with us uh, at any time that you're able. We'd invite you back. Uh, this afternoon, uh, hopefully, uh, this will be a, a supplement, if you will, to Monty's lesson this morning. Uh, if you were here with us this morning, uh, Monty spoke to us about truth. Uh, and the fact that, that there is a truth, and that truth uh, is God and His Son, Jesus Christ, and it's found in His Word. Uh, and, and today, this afternoon, I'm going to talk about staying plugged in uh, to the truth. Uh, I thought about it during that last song. I went back and was going to try to get a vacuum cleaner up here, so maybe you'd really get a picture uh, of what it means to be plugged in, but I don't have that up here, so I want you to keep a vacuum cleaner, and I don't mean one of those new wireless vacuum cleaners, I mean like the old school Kirby, the one that you have to plug into the wall, and the extension cord is so long, and you go around vacuuming the carpet, that's what I'm talking about, I want you to remember one of those, and we're going to talk about that, but I want to start with a question uh, that Monty asked, and I think it's a very important question. Uh, the question that he asked you this morning was, have you bought in? And he read Matthew, the 13th chapter, in verse 45, in which Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, I want you to think about this merchant man. The term merchant man gives you some idea about this man's life. This was more than just a collector. This was more than somebody who just had some knowledge about pearls to the extent that this man actually made his living in pearls. This was a man whose job every day, according to that term merchant man, actually dealt with pearls. This is the way this man put food on the table. This is the, man, the, way this, the, this is the way this man would have put a roof over his head. This is the living this man made. Now I want to show you what Jesus tells you there in Matthew the 13th chapter. Uh, it says he's a, a merchant man and he's seeking goodly pearls. And what does he do? It says he finds one. And that one is of great price he went and he sold all that he had and he bought it how many of you could do that how many of you could do that you know there's a risk there right this is a merchant man 
This is a man who goes and trades and he looks at pearls and he sees the quality of the pearl and he trades those pearls and that's how he makes a living. And he finds one. It's one of great price. And that one of great price, he gives it all. I want you to notice, let me say something real quick because I'm hearing a, something up there. Um, the elders have been gracious enough uh, to get us a great sound system. Uh, the thing about getting a great sound system is guys like me uh, have to figure out all the kinks and how to do it. And it's the first time that, that I've had an opportunity to wear this, uh, as is most of the guys who are speaking this month. Um, and so if there are any problems with the sound system, it's not with the sound system. It's with those of us who are using the sound system because we're all kind of learning as we go. Uh, but we do appreciate your patience in that. Uh, and pray that you would bear with us as we work out the kinks and figure out what's best because there's guys like me that have to move around and unfortunately I'm not one of those speakers that can stand behind the podium. Uh, those guys are much better at it than me and when I move around I'm going to make some noise on this thing. So until we get that worked out we'd ask for your patience there. Uh, this man didn't just go and sell all of his pearls. He didn't take his collection, if you will, and go trade it in for a better one so that he could then go about his daily living and take out this great pearl and go, look at the pearl I've got. No, instead, Christ says this was much deeper for this man. The Bible says that this man took that pearl and it was so important with, to him that he took everything he had. I want you to imagine that. This man said, the house, the cars, obviously this man didn't say the cars, but the ship. Everything I've got doesn't hold a candle next to that pearl and I'm going to give it all away so that I can have that truth now with that understanding I want to ask you the question Monty asked you have you bought in is the truth so important to you that right now you'd say I'd give everything else up just to have that truth because Christ said that's how important it is. Where is your power source this morning? Denver was great, gracious enough to go and find me the vacuum cleaner. If you don't mind bringing it up here to me. Thank you, Denver. <coughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's a vacuum cleaner. Let me ask you this. And of all things, that's an auric. What good is that vacuum cleaner? I mean... Without a vacuum cleaner, 
Growing up in Plainview, Texas, I wouldn't have gotten to know what it really was to clean a house. My grandmother, I, I always say Kirby because my grandmother always used one of those metal, it could get run over by a train and it'll be just fine, Kirby vacuums. Uh, I'm not sure how old that thing was when I was growing up. But do you notice something about that vacuum cleaner? That vacuum cleaner's worth nothing. Unless you unwrap that cord and you plug it into a power source. You ever thought of that? You could buy the fanciest vacuum cleaner you want. And you could leave that thing in a box. And you could save it forever and hope it grows in value. And you know what value it is to you? Nothing. You know why? Because a vacuum cleaner was made to be taken out of the box. It was made to be plugged into a power source. And it was made to do a specific job. What's your power source this afternoon? Jesus said this in John the 14th chapter. And I want you to recognize something as you recognize the words that he is saying to the disciples here. Jesus has prepared himself for what's coming next. That's his crucifixion. And in doing that, the night that he was betrayed, he gathered his disciples together in the upper room and he taught them the final lessons, if you will. And here in John the 14th chapter, he tells them, hey, don't worry. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I shall come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And after telling that, Thomas asks a question. He says, but where are you going? We don't know. You've got to teach us the way. Where are you going? And Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, Thomas, my disciples, I am the power source. You want to know the way? To the ultimate goal, life eternal, I'm that way. You want the pearl of great price, the one worth trading it all in for? I am the truth. And you want that life, the life that is to be lived abundantly? I'm that life. And no man reaches that goal. No man comes unto the Father but by Christ. Turn with me, if you will, if you have a Bible there, one that you brought with you or one that's in the pew, or if you follow along on your uh, phone or some other app, I'm going to ask you to turn to John the 15th chapter. <coughs> John the 15th chapter, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. 
Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. You know, the lesson that Jesus used there wasn't the lesson of a vacuum cleaner, but instead he gave the same lesson of that of a fruit tree. And you'll notice that he said, I am the true vine. I am the true fruit tree. Any branch that abides in me will bear fruit. But a branch that abideth not in me cannot bear fruit. I want you to notice what he says there. And there's an important lesson that I think we can learn here. Notice verse 4 says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you, except you abide in me. I've been asked a question before, and I want to make a point that, that Monty made this morning, and I want to drive it home for you. Okay, He said, we have a real problem with determining whether or not religion or relationship is important and the fact that we have to recognize we have to have both. Let me ask you this. As I've been asked many times, well, is it really important to be religious if you're a good person? Isn't it okay if you're a good person to not follow any religious practice. And Jesus said, no, that's not a possibility. Why? Let's talk about bearing fruit. As we read the scriptures, we understand that the fruit he's talking about bearing is the fruit of the Spirit. Joy, peace, love, those things. And we would ask ourselves this question. Well, what if you weren't religious, but you were a truly loving person? Well, what's the standard of love? Where do we get such a fruit as love? You see, Jesus said, if you're a branch and you abide in me, you will bear fruit. But no branch can bear fruit on its own. You know, when we look at the idea of a fruit tree and the idea of cutting off a branch and pitching it out in the yard, the idea about coming back and in a few weeks that branch that's been laying on the ground with no power source, with no root supply, would actually grow a piece of fruit that would abound. The idea in a fruit tree doesn't make sense, and we go, of course that couldn't happen. 
And yet what we want to say is, yeah, but it's different when we're talking about humans. It's different when we're talking about a spiritual life. In fact, in a spiritual life, maybe it's quite possible to cut the branch off and throw it out in the yard. And we can say, but that's a good person, so it'll bear fruit. And when you get right down to it, Jesus said, no, that's not a possibility. Because the bearing of fruit is something that happens in me, the true vine. And it happens in you when you abide in me. I want you to notice the term that he uses there uh, as we look for the lessons here. <coughs> Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. I want you to notice what he says that God does to you and I in this lesson when we bear much fruit. You'll notice verse 2 there. It says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch, every branch, that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. If you look up in Strong's, the definition of that word purgeth or purges, it means to cleanse. It also means to prune. But the base of that is to cleanse the tree. And that's what the idea of pruning is. If you think about uh, somebody who... Uh, prunes a tree they're going to take off the parts that aren't growing and the parts that have died they're going to clean the tree up so that it can keep growing uh, the lessons we want to get here uh, are that you and I have to abide we have to stay plugged in uh, because when you unplug from the power source the vacuum's of no use when you pull the branch off the tree it's done uh, there's no fruit and we have to treat the worms we got to clean the tree. Uh, that's what people do. They, they clean off the bad part, parts. And we have to recognize uh, that you and I in all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. And, and certainly uh, once we go into that watery grave, it's not like we come out and we're perfect and we're done. Because when we come out, we're still human. But what we've got to learn to do is clean up the tree. And finally, we've got to run. We've got to bear fruit. And I said run there like running the vacuum. Vacuum's no good if you plug it in if you don't turn it on. Staying plugged in in 1 Peter, the second chapter, in verse 1, Peter writes, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if so be you have tasted uh, that the Lord is gracious. When was the last time that you desired the sincere 
milk of the word. You know, Peter here was writing to believers. Peter here was writing to you and I. And I think sometimes we take these words of Peter and we apply them to young people or to young Christians or to new converts. And we say to a new convert, here's what you've got to do. You've got to desire the sincere milk of the word. But let me ask you this. When was the last time you sat down and you really wanted to hear God? You know, I'm afraid for many of us, the time that we listen to God is when we have a question to answer. You know, I've found that sometimes I get stuck in this way where if the kids come to me and they say, hey, Daddy, I've got a question, and it's a biblical question, and a friend of mine said, that's when I go, okay, now it's time for God to talk to me. I'm going to open up the book. Or, Ian's going out of town and he asked me a month ahead of time, hey, can you speak for me? And I say, absolutely. And then he reminds me at a Wednesday night leadership meeting that I'm speaking this Sunday. And I go, oh, it's time to listen to God. But Peter said, don't do that. Peter said, as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word. I want, for those of you who don't have kids, I'm sure you'll understand this if you've ever seen a baby crying. When was the last time that you knew of a baby who could go for weeks without crying for milk? And the answer is none ever. You know, it's amazing what a little milk will do for a child. Uh, when you have babies, you know that... that they're either hungry when they're crying or they need to be changed when they're crying or there's something else wrong we just can't figure out. But we're going to eliminate the first two, right? And the first thing you do is you get a bottle out or mom takes the baby back and guess what the baby calms down with? With the milk. And Peter said, look, you understand that so well. Understand this, that just as that baby wants that milk, wants to be full, is hungry and can't tell you, you need to have that desire to listen to God. Some seek after a sign. Some want to see miracles. But for you, Peter said this, as a newborn babe, desire the sincere milk of the word. When was the last time you went, you know what, I don't have a question to answer. I don't have a point to prove. I just want to hear you. And you sat down with the book and you opened it up and you went to reading. You know, Monty talking about the truth this morning and what Paul said to Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we get caught up in that word study. And when we think of study, we think like my kids think about study. Have you studied for something? Have you prepared for a test? I don't want my kids preparing for a test when it comes for their soul. I want them to be diligent. 
I want them to be diligent to the point of this. They study all the time. You see, the word that Paul was using was a word of, hey, I want you to study something. I want you to be observant of it. I want you to reason through it. I want you to think about it. It was more than just sitting down and going, hey, I've got to determine this answer. I've got to flip through the pages till I find the right word. There's the one I wanted. I'm good to go. Here's what it said. What Paul was telling Timothy was, when you walk outside and you're looking around, think about God. Think about your Creator. Listen to your God. Open the Word. How do we know that? To assume that what Paul was saying was, Timothy, get in your Bible, is to assume that Timothy had the opportunity to walk in and find this book. But instead, Timothy had to put it in his heart. Timothy didn't have it all written down like we do. Timothy had to have these principles that he had been taught by his mother and his grandmother and by Paul and all of those brothers and sisters in Christ that he was there working with. So Timothy had to truly understand what it was like to be diligent, to watch his thoughts, to take care of his words. To think about his actions. To truly love others. And you know what Peter said? Peter said, that's what you need to do. You need to want to listen to God, to desire to listen to God every moment. And see, better than Timothy, we do have the opportunity. It's all right here. It's all recorded for us. Romans, the 10th chapter. <coughs> Romans, the 10th chapter, and verse 16 says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This is another one of those famous scriptures that we use in an act of conversion. And we say, hey, when Paul was writing Romans 10, he wrote about Romans 10 and about confession with the mouth and about how faith cometh by hearing. And so what we need to do is teach the Word of God to new believers. But that's not what Paul said. Paul said faith comes by hearing. How many of us were born faithful? And the answer is none. Faith is something that is learned. Faith is something that grows. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. When was the last time you desired to listen to God? You see, unfortunately, faith is not something you can live off your former glory. Uh, that's a saying that I tell my kids all the time. Uh, Emma, playing basketball, uh, I got to coach her this year, assistant coach. I wasn't the main coach because I have bad knees, but I got to assistant coach with her. Uh, 
at the end of the third quarter uh, in a next-to-last game, Emma uh, played fantastic. She played a fantastic game. I love watching my little girl play basketball, and she shot a shot um, from beyond the three-point line at the buzzer, and she made it. And I'm going to tell you the painful thing about it. I remember those days, and I knew she was done. And she came off the court, and she was so excited, and the coach told her she was in, and she wasn't going to listen. She wasn't going to do anything else. You know why? She hit a buzzer shot. But we still had the fourth quarter to play. It wasn't over. And I pulled her out of that huddle, and I looked her in the eyes, and I said, you can't live off your former glory. It was a great shot but it's over, and you got to keep playing. And you know, it's funny, because I looked into her eyes, and it was like at that moment, it was like a wake-up call. And I wanted to make sure she knew I was proud of her for that shot, but guess what? That shot's done, and you still got to win the fourth quarter. You know, faith is the same way. I wonder how many of us, if we were asked, hey, tell me about your faith. You would say, well, I remember in 1996. Yeah, let me tell you about 1996. In 1996, I recognized it was time that I needed a Savior, and there was no way for me to save myself, and I was baptized. Thanks for coming. You know the problem with that? It forgets about the fourth quarter. See, faith is one of those things that's daily. Faith is one of those things that's all the time. Faith is one of those things that has to grow. And if we're stuck going, hey, I remember, you know, and I don't remember what speaker it was. Uh, there was one of us here not too long ago uh, that told a story about a man saying, well, to his wife, well, didn't you know I love you? I told you the day we got married. I wonder how many wives would like that. We're working on our 19th year. Marriages don't last if you live off your former glory. There's something that happens every day. And faith is the same way. I want you to look at these two verses uh, simultaneously, not look at them at the same time, but together. I want to read them. They're both the words of Paul. And it says in Romans, the 13th chapter, and verse 14, and in Galatians, Galatians, the 3rd chapter, and verse 27, I'm going to read these together. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You know, the great thing is that when you're obedient to the gospel, you go into that water, and you're buried with Him in baptism, arising to walk in the newness of life with all of your sins forgiven. They're gone. But Paul said, coming out of that watery grave is much more than an act. It's much more than some rite of passage. It is putting on Christ. Figuratively, when was the last time you put on Christ? Or you say, well, the day I was baptized. You ever thought about what Paul meant there? To put on Christ? 
When was the last time you sold everything you had for that pearl? You see, what Paul was saying was being clothed in Christ. It was much more than simply going down into that water. It was much more than simply coming out of that water. It was a recognition of the redemption. It was a recognition of the forgiveness. It was a recognition of the life that you were now given. And what Paul was saying is, stay plugged in every day. And while you're plugged into the power source, you got to remember to treat the worms. Uh, one of my little girls was eating an apple, I think it was Savannah, this week. And I know she's going to look up from her notes to let me know if it was her that was eating an apple that she said, Daddy, have you ever gotten an apple that had a worm in it? You know, unfortunately, my grandparents had an apple tree in their backyard, so I have had an apple that had a worm in it. And you know what? I still ate apples off that apple tree because uh, my granddad would deal with the worms. Uh, had a wonderful talk at lunch um, about cattle. And when I was talking about cattle, uh, I realized, you know what? You got to treat cattle for worms. You got to take care of them. And you know the worms don't make the cattle bad. Because I can tell you, every steak you've eaten, that cow had worms at some point, and they had to be treated. you got to deal with them. In fact, you do it every single year, sometimes more than once a year. That's what you have to do. And you and I in our lives have to do the same thing. You and I have to take note and examine ourselves and the way we're plugged into the, the, the power supply. Imagine if you plugged in a vacuum cleaner and the wire was bare. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about electricity. If, if you want to know about electricity, Monty and Caleb can sit down and tell you a whole lot. I don't. But I know this, bare wire can hurt. You know what you got to do? You got to deal with the bare wire. You got to deal with the problem. And when you deal with the problem, guess what? Vacuum cleaner works perfectly. Because you dealt with the problem. But you know what happens if you don't deal with the problem? Bad things can happen. You know what Jesus said in that talking about the fruit tree? He said that when we bear fruit, God cleanses us. God prunes us. God purges us, if you will. Why? Because in a fruit tree, you've got to deal with the problems. Titus, the second chapter in verse 11, Paul writing to Titus says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do any of us have ungodliness or worldly lusts in our life? You know, those statements of Paul are pretty broad, right? I mean, there are certain things that Paul talked about that were very, very specific. 
adultery. That's a very specific term. It was a very specific sin, a very specific problem that Paul often talked about. But here he simply says worldly lusts. What are the worldly lusts? There's a lot of them. You know there's only one way to know if you've got that in your life. And that's to examine your life. What's ungodliness? Well, just watch your mouth. And a whole lot more. When was the last time you uh, took an examination or... uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but when was the last time you, you thought about how much control you have of your thoughts? Ever? Have you ever thought to yourself, well, I wonder if I am judgmental. I wonder if I am pretty harsh. I wonder if I'm not that kind in my words. I wonder if the little jokes I tell aren't that nice at all. When was the last time that you took an inventory of the things you thought, the things you say, the things you do? In Romans, the 12th chapter, Romans, the 12th chapter, and I recognize that that would probably be easier to view in your Bible unless you squint. So if you want to squint right now, you can read it on the board. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. (coughs) Verse 1 and 2, Amani went over this morning uh, and he talked about the living sacrifice and the reasonable service, that it's a thought out service. And I want you to notice it says, be not conformed, but be transformed. And the way that he says to be transformed is by the renewing of your mind. You know how many times renewal happens? Paul said it happens every day. That we renew daily. Why is that? Because if you've only been renewed one time, it's like a battery that has to be charged. You know, if you have something with a rechargeable battery, and you use it a little bit, and you take it out to the barn, and you set it on the barn, and you don't use it for a while, guess what? When you come back out there, you're going to hear this noise. Nothing. Because you've got to recharge the battery. You've got to get plugged back into the power source. You've got to be renewed. When was the last time you desired to hear God? If it's been very long at all, it's time to recharge. 
It's time to be transformed and be renewed. And finally, you got to run that vacuum. You got to be a Christian. You got to live as a Christian. I want you to notice Philippians, the second chapter, and verse 12. Paul writes, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I want you to notice what Paul writes here. Paul writes something that's very important. And he says this. You know, when I was around, I saw that you were obedient. But now I'm not around. And now much more that I'm not around. I'm not watching. I'm not there holding your hand. I'm not there encouraging you. I'm now from a distance encouraging you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I started this with this question that Monty brought up this morning. Have you bought in? Have you bought in? You see, unfortunately, I think sometimes we get this idea in our heads that God is like a counselor in the respect of, I'll go to Him when I need Him. If i got a problem, I'll go to God. Until then, I'll be fine. You know, the Bible says this. The Bible doesn't say that we can bring Him into our presence. The Bible says we are in His presence. Have you bought in to the point that you know the truth is He's right here with you. That you are always in His presence. When things were great, He was right there. When things are terrible, He's right there. And when nothing seems to be happening at all, guess where he is? He's right there. Because it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know what that means? That means that whether we know what it is or not, we all have a purpose. And it's his purpose. Notice Galatians the sixth chapter. Galatians the sixth chapter and verse eight. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, sometimes uh, when we stop and we think about um, How we've let the clothes that we put on get ragged spiritually. That we've put on Christ, but we've only put one arm in, and we've hoped we could just drag that coat around for a while. 
You know, sometimes we look at it and we go, man, there's some big problems there. Sometimes it gets tough and we want to go, you know what? I don't need y'all anymore. I don't need this anymore. I'm good enough on my own. Sometimes we go, you know what? I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I'll do it all by myself. Sometimes we throw up our hands and we go, who cares? God does. God cares. And Paul said, even when no one else is looking, even when no one else cares, even when it gets as bad as it's going to get, stay plugged into the power source and run. Just keep vacuuming that carpet. And soon, there'll be a reward. And you know, for those of us who uh, have gotten gray hair, you get, get older, we recognize that sometimes that, that reward seems to come faster and faster every day. And we look back and we go, wow, 40 years are back there. That's gone quick. But no matter how bad it gets, no matter how good it gets, stay plugged in to the truth. Examine your life. Examine it daily. Fix the issues. And run the course. If you're not a child of God this afternoon... We're prepared to assist you in your obedience to the gospel. Uh, that gospel that Paul said saves man. The fact that Jesus Christ came and gave his life for you. That in your obedience through baptism, you could have your sins washed as white as snow. Forgiven and gone. And you could leave this place as his disciple. If you are a child of God and there's something in your life that you would like the prayers of the church that we could assist you with, we'd encourage you to come forward now as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. <laughs>